This podcast deals with issues about LGBT families and trans-specific topics. We would love to hear from you and welcome your questions and comments. However, we will not tolerate any discriminatory language or hate speech. So please, just don't do it. Enjoy the show. Um, but after you came out, there was such a difference in you immediately you just seemed like a lighter person and I realized that I had to kind of accept what was because I couldn't ask you no nobody who loved somebody would ask them to be miserable for the rest of their lives every day constantly just to save face When we were kids, we met at camp. After college, we got married. Ten years later, we finally had a baby. That same year, I came out as trans. This is the story of our journey. Through marriage. Parenting. Gender. And all the changes that life brings. This is Our Our Life Life in in Transition. Transition. Gypsy. Oh, is it? <sighs> it well, culture. Okay, fine. And you call yourself a queer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a different kind, okay? Many subtle levels. Okay, we should probably start now. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, thank you for tuning in again, or if you are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the podcast. I am Shannon. And I am Rachel. And that was our dog yawning behind us. Who's wondering what we're doing with the podcast again. Um, so we actually came back. We, we came back a second time to do this because... The first time wasn't scary enough. No, apparently not. So um, I tried to scare you away, but... Here I am. <laughs> Takes a lot. Yeah. Takes well. a lot. Yeah. Well, if I haven't scared you away by now, then... Yeah. Not going to happen. So... Uh, Today we're going to talk about um, Pride a little bit. Um, This month is Pride Month in the U.S. It is June, which if you are somehow unfamiliar with what Pride is, is is the um, month-long celebration of everything LGBT. Q-I-A plus. Q-I-A plus dot dot dot. Um, And... That's why there's rainbows everywhere, people. Everywhere. But um, this is actually a pretty big year um, because this is the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which is um, what kind of kicked off the modern um, gay rights movement. Yay, Stonewall. (laughs) But so long story short, then the March the following year kind of kickstarted an annual... Um, protest slash celebration of in commemoration of Stonewall. And that's how you get pride. And that's how you get pride. <laughs> so there's your history lesson. Yeah, so there's your history lesson. Now you learned something. Go impart knowledge to other people. Yeah. Okay. That's how you get pride. When, 
when the queers and the cops hate each other very, very much, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you get a revolution. Um, so, um, so this is the 50th anniversary, um, and this is actually the first Pride that we actually have had an opportunity to go to or do anything. It's been a while since I've been out, but last year... Was horrendous. Yeah, it kept raining all June. <laughs> Every time we tried to go somewhere, it was just raining, which is fine, but not if you have a young child. Yeah, she wasn't even a year old at that point, so we had to kind of prioritize what we went to do. But this year we got to go, and we got to do some stuff. So Saturday we actually went to a baseball game, the local Phillies minor league team, the Lakewood Blue Claws. Had their first Pride night, um, and they have super cheap tickets. <laughs> oh, super cheap! <laughs> and so we said, "Well, what the heck? Let's let's go and enjoy enjoy some baseball." So we went to that. And how did you feel actually getting to go to a Pride event for the first time? Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you know, I was a little concerned um, about protests and stuff because there was a article about uh a okay lakewood is a very jewish community um and one of the ultra conservative rabbis was calling for a protest and um some ultra conservative catholics joined in um but the game was on saturday so they actually protested on thursday because they couldn't protest on Saturday, which was unfortunate because Thursday was the first responders game uh, at the Blue Claws. So they ended up getting most of the crap. Um, But as I understand it, there was a few protesters and quite a few counter protesters, which makes me feel good. But that that was my my main like concern was, you know, some people are just jerks and you know, especially with the baby, I didn't want, you know, her exposed to some massive ugliness. But there wasn't any. And actually, that conservative group wasn't even from the area. It wasn't even from Lakewood. I think they were from, like, New York or something. They yeah, were from out New of York town. City. The local conservative synagogue actually was pretty supportive. Yeah. Um, It was just, it was really just nice. And everybody was super welcoming and... There were a ton of people there. Um, I have this continuing fear whenever I go to go to any out to any event that I'm always going to kind of be like singled out. Like I'm going to be the only one there, which really makes no sense. If there's a pride event, I'm going to be with a lot of people. That's why it's an irrational fear. Yes, I know. Um, Dysphoria is, is is a hell of a thing. But everybody, whether they were... Um, there for Pride Night or not, whether they were just, um, um, you know, Little League team or um, just... There ra- were lots of Little League teams there. were lots there. of Little League teams. Yeah. Um, or just random people going to enjoy the game. Everybody was super happy, super chill. Everybody was having a great time. And um, there were there were so many queer kids there. So many. And, I mean, I said to you when we were there that that was, that was what was getting to me, was, you know... When I was growing up, this wasn't something that existed. You didn't have Pride Nights at your local baseball game. Um, back in my day. Back in my day before, you know, um, <laughs> you know, 
for for the old fogies like us, it, you know, it, it you don't call me old for the seasoned among us. Um, seasoned <laughs> with salt and pepper. I am salty. Um, mm. the, there, <laughs> there didn't used to be this kind of thing. So it's it was heartening to see so many young people there who were getting a chance to go out and celebrate and be themselves and be amongst their community and just be happy and enjoy a baseball game and young people there with the support of their family yes like young people there with their entire families you know having a good time and not really having to worry about safety or anything like that in that space so that was that was really nice to see and the baby had a ball even though she did not understand what was going on i got a good workout though chasing an almost two-year-old yeah. around a ballpark yeah and she was uh good exercise she has no you know she's little she doesn't have an attention span so you know you gotta entertain her and walk her around you can't just stay in one place and um but she's also a toddler so i can't just let her loose to run around the ballpark by herself because she'll tumble down the stairs or something like that so i wound up like carrying her around for like over an hour and uh She's not as little as she used to be, so I got a good workout. My arm's going to be nice and toned. It'll be nice. But only one. Yeah, just the one. Just the one side. It's going to be like lopsided Popeye. But, um... Anyway. <laughs> but, so then on Sunday, you weren't able to come with me. Um, I was not. But I went to Philly Pride, and I met up with um, some of my friends, and we went in together, um, and... That was my first time at an actual pride parade, and it was it, it was really cool. <laughs> it was cool. Um, and one of my big takeaways that you know I was saying to you all Sunday night after I got home was that it was so different to be experiencing my queerness in a way that was joyful rather than fearful that, or anxiety ridden. Yeah, or... and um, so much of my time is spent worrying about, you know, what other people are going to think, um, how other people are going to receive me. And this was a situation in which I, you know, was worried about being, you know, by myself and going and, you know, somebody harassing me or somebody having a problem. And even more so than the baseball game, I really, um, if anybody had started any crap with me, there, you know, were at least a dozen people within a hundred feet who would have had my back. So it was really a unique situation where I was able to actually just walk around the street, walk down the street and not have any fear whatsoever. And um, just be you. And just be me. And and that is really kind of the first time since I came out that I've actually had that experience where I've been able to kind of just relax, which you you don't realize you're holding that, that kind of tension and until you have an opportunity to just kind of release it and put your guard down for a little while. We talked about that last year when we went to the trans wellness conference. We were talking about how we got around other trans people, other people in the community, and it was just like, oh, I can breathe. It was very nice, you know, because the area of New Jersey that we live in is um, an LGBT wasteland <laughs> no i mean there's no resources um there's not really a uh strong lgbt community here and now it's kind of a conservative area so we have to travel 
to a larger community in order to, you know, experience other people like us. And community is really the kind of key word there because... um, That's the point of pride. Yeah, it is. You know, to go and to celebrate with people like you. And I said to my one friend, because we took the train over um, into Philly, um, and I said to her, it occurred to me when we were riding that there were probably more people in that one car on that one train than were actually at Stonewall. You know, when I first got on the train, you know, there were maybe a dozen or so um, people who were very clearly going to Pride and, you know, had rainbows all over the place and glitter and um, were looking generally fabulous. But after I met up with her at her stop, it just exploded and there were... It was like, you know those videos you see of, like, the was trains it, and, did like... Did it explode like a glitter bomb? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Um, you know, like those those videos that you see of like, you know, the trains in China where, you know, they have somebody on the platform shoving people into the cars. <laughs> it was like that. There was just, there were so, so many people. And then it just, you got to feel it just spilled out onto the street and there were just people everywhere. And one of the, one of the things that, um, that my one friend said to me. You're quoting a one friend. Yes. A lot. I am. Okay. My one friend. She only has one. I don't want to be greedy. But um, the one thing she had said to me. At one point during the parade, um, because she fairly recently came out, there was a level to which she didn't necessarily feel like she belonged. Um, And once she had the revelation that, you know, hey, you know, I'm part of this group, too, and realized that there was a word to describe how she felt. The way she put it to me was that it was nice to finally have. A description of herself so that she didn't feel broken anymore and and I totally related to what she was saying because I know definitely for me that you know I spent years and years having feelings which I didn't have the words to express really until I was an adult and I just thought that I was weird and um, something was wrong with me and I should be ashamed and there was um, if this was just uh, if anybody knew about how I felt that I would just lose everybody and um, finally having an understanding that it's not just me. I'm not just some unique weirdo. Um, well, you are, but not because of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this instance, I'm not a unique weirdo. I'm, I'm a unique weirdo in other ways, but in, th- in this instance, I am um, a mundane weirdo um, because there's millions of people who are going through the same thing that I'm going through that are feeling the same things that I'm feeling and it's normal. It's something that I don't have to be ashamed about um, and it's okay to accept and be me. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you like what you hear so far, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to share with your friends and family so they can enjoy as well. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. So speaking of, you know, being part of the community and coming out and all that, when did, how long have you known? When did, when did it click? What is, what is the thing? Um, and that's, that's always the question that people have. Um, and for a, you know, the answer everybody expects is that I'm just going to go, well, I knew forever. And, and one day I just said, oh, well, it's clearly this. Um, but it was more of a slow burn. You know, when I was a little kid, 
I had moments where I definitely would kind of assess the parts that I had and um, it just felt wrong. Didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know what that was. I just, you know, thought it was more of me just pondering and being curious. I'm like, well, what would it be like if I was a girl? Um, And one of the things that that happened a lot um, growing up in, you know, into adulthood was that, I mean, I had a lot of friends of you know both genders and i presume probably some people that are in between but um unlike the boys that i you know would go to school with and grew up with um i had a lot of friends who were girls um and generally i felt more comfortable being around them and um the fact that um i was attracted to girls was very confusing and, and confusing in the way that well clearly you know I just really like being around girls. That's all it is because, you know, I like girls. Um, and so that was part of the reason that I didn't necessarily question my gender as fervently as I might have otherwise because... Early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because as far as... I understand, I'm like, okay, I like girls and I just like hanging out with girls, but it didn't necessarily cue me into the fact that, oh, the feelings I'm having mean that that's how i identify as well so i just thought that i was um well and to be fair like did you even think that that was an option no no it was something that you know you would see like rupaul or something like that (sighs) and you'd hear the term you know transvestite or transsexual but that didn't necessarily have the kind of representation or clarity of meaning and it was kind of a dirty word. Yeah. And I definitely wasn't raised to think that it was um, something to aspire to. <laughs> um, so, you know, growing up, being around, you know, friends of mine who were girls, being around you, um, I always just kind of said that I was everybody's straight gay best friend because, you know, I like girls, but I seem very much like I was... Um, one of the girls. One of the girls, yeah. Um, and... Since I've come out, I've had many people go, oh, yeah, that that makes a lot more sense based on how you used to interact with us. So, yeah. So at what point did you finally say, you know, okay, this is who I am and now it's time to tell everybody? I mean, honestly, that part wasn't really until uh, a couple of years ago. Um, You know, growing up, I would spend time like looking at my mom's makeup and, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, right after we got married, I was dressing a little bit. Um, but again, just going back into that narrative of, well, clearly this is just a weird thing that weird people do. Um, I just, you know, literally put everything back in the closet, um, gotcha. and just said, that was a, a stupid phase of my life. And, um, and it really wasn't until a few years ago, and honestly with more representation that it really clicked to me that, you know, there were other people like me. I mean, growing up, I had heard the term, you know, sex change, which is a stupid term and that's not very accurate, but it never really occurred to me that there were people who, besides just doing some sort of performance or play, um, earnestly, just every day would feel like, oh yes, I'm the opposite gender from what I was assigned at birth and I'm going to live as that opposite gender now because that's how I feel inside that never occurred to me um and it wasn't until a few years ago when I really really started seeing 
um, transition videos on YouTube that it really kind of clicked like, oh, this is something people actually do. See, it's all YouTube's fault. Yeah, freaking YouTube. Um, and there were some more public um, personalities that, that really um, brought the conversation more into the mainstream. And right around the fall of 2016, it had been kind of crossing my mind again, um, where I had been actively trying to not think about it for a very long time. And then, you know, I took, it took a little bit of time and started, you know, kind of dressing privately again. I would do that alone by myself when nobody was home and then um, feel ashamed and purge my stuff, take everything off, you know, and return back to boy mode such as it was. And when it got to the point that I realized that boy mode made me feel like shit. Um, can you say that? It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Oh. Yeah. But when I realized that being in boy mode made me feel horrible that I hated it and um, it felt like something that I was was being forced upon me then it really clicked and you know the way that I behaved the way that I felt the thoughts that I'd been having since I was a little kid that um, my body wasn't right um, finally everything just kind of lined up and then around the time then we had a conversation and, um, and again like we said Last week, I was trying to compromise and go, well, I'm gender fluid because I had been doing research and looking up terms and said, oh, well, I guess it's this, but... It was not. It was not. And and after a little while, like, we both kind of realized that... That was not going to make gonna, you happy. That wasn't going to work. But then when I realized that that was going to be the case, then I actually had to come out and that was just terrifying. But you did it in spectacular fashion. I did. I, you know, I... <laughs> It took a long time to get to the point of getting over the fear of coming out because, you know, I got to the point where I was spending all my time out of doors presenting mail and feeling miserable, miserable. And at some point I was going to have to reconcile the two um, or I just I, I realized at some point I wasn't going to be able to live with myself living this charade forever so around the summer of 2017 finally I went to therapy um, to talk to somebody about this which even just going and talking to a therapist about it was terrifying terrifying and difficult and um, I just didn't know actually how to broach the subject or bring it up or really get into it and um, fortunately, I, I had a, a decent therapist who was able to really work through how I was feeling and um, encourage me to, to face instead of just trying to hide and worked with me about ways to go about kind of broaching it with my friends and my family, which was extremely difficult. Well, it was for everybody. At, at the time, what I mean, I was going through all this internalized, you know, torment about how I felt and what I should do about it. What was, I mean, what was going on in your head? When you came out to me or when you came out to everybody else? Yes. Um, that's really hard. Uh, well, when you came out to me and you first came out as gender fluid, it sucked because I had just found out that I was pregnant. Um, 
and so that was very difficult and there was a lot of hormonal crap going on and and also I was out I was out of my element I didn't quite understand all of it because it wasn't really something that was on my radar right so I think initially part of me was just like well okay well gender fluid is okay because you're still gonna be a guy you're just gonna you know sometimes borrow my clothes and I mean I thought that was gonna be okay and then uh I saw as time went on how terribly unhappy you were every time that you had to present mail every time you had to go out for something every time you had to um go to every time you had to leave the house in complete male mode you were miserable and so I kind of realized a little before you actually came out that something was gonna have to give because you couldn't live the way you were living um and then I think when you came out I was I was absolutely terrified when you came out because I was afraid of losing friends family um organizations that we belong to everything um it just seemed like so much to risk especially with a young child um and I'm not a risk taker type of person that's not really my personality so it was absolutely terrifying for me and I have anxiety to begin with and it was it was just bad I was a ridiculous ball of nerves um but after you came out there was such a difference in you immediately you just seemed like a lighter person and I realized that I had to kind of accept what was because I couldn't ask you no nobody who loved somebody would ask them to be miserable for the rest of their lives every day constantly just to save face right you know and and so so the risk was was worth it in that you know you finally got to be happy and I didn't it was something because it was kind of happening it was something you were wrestling with and it was kind of a gradual kind of realization and stuff like that the unhappiness was growing gradually but not necessarily to the point that I noticed because it was growing so slowly and you were you know putting on a brave face as much as possible that when suddenly you weren't weighed down with that anymore it was just like night and day and I wondered why I hadn't seen how unhappy you were before like why I hadn't realized it it's like slowly blowing up a balloon and then it pops right and then it's just a big release yeah yeah um you know and what you were saying as far as being afraid of losing everything I was so terrified about just losing friends and family um and I think it's possible that I may have actually come out somewhat earlier um if not for the fact that I really had to work through how to deal with everybody else and how to go about coming out to people and then um 
dealing with any potential fallback. And um, I spent a lot of time really thinking through what it was that I wanted to say to explain, because just as you were saying, most people, this is outside of their wheelhouse. It's not something that they're familiar with. And it can be difficult for people to accept and deal with things that they have no knowledge of. Right. Because it's much easier for them to... Okay, and let's be honest, the internet is a cesspool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, like, if you go and try and find information about this stuff, uh, more than 50% of the stuff that you're going to get is crap. So it's really important, you know, as much as um, sometimes it can be a pain to explain things to people over and over again. That's actually, like, a large part of when Shannon came out, a large part of it was educating people around us because maybe people weren't necessarily appalled but they weren't necessarily super on board because they had just had no idea of what it even meant they weren't disgusted but they weren't informed either right right or their information was from entertainment tonight or you know covering caitlin jenner or something like that which is not the best coverage and, and I had several people, um, especially in my family, who, because people have and do and probably will continue to always try to figure us out, like you've said, um, but there were many people who just didn't comprehend the difference between sexuality and gender identity. And in, so, the, in their heads, it was, it had to be one of the same. So clearly, oh, okay, well, you know, I don't know how many people I had to say, you know, something about me going off and being with guys now clearly right and right um, and what's going to happen to rachel and what's going to happen to rachel and the baby yeah and and i've had to do a lot of um explaining and educating and 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 still to it's been a year and a half since i came out publicly um yes it has and i'm still explaining to people who are fairly close to us the ins and outs of um gender versus sexuality gender versus sexuality and the whole gender spectrum and all of that i still get misgendered i still have people not wrapping their heads around like my name is different and not just that i hey call me this now like i legally changed my name um and so it's it's difficult um in that i have to do that work of educating people um and some people, I, some people I get more frustrated, not so much even that doing the base education, but like um, some people want to get into really nuanced conversations about things. And sometimes that can be even more um, taxing because I'm like, here, I sent you a thing that can explain this much better than I can. Um, please just read it. And they don't. And every time I see them, they want to have a, a talk about it. But it's... And also, some things are none of anybody else's business and people don't get that no they don't they absolutely don't get that um and one of the things too is that it's it's not just you know i came out once i mean i did like a big coming out and my most of my friends and family know but you know my one cousin just found out like a month ago um because she doesn't pay attention and she hasn't talked to anybody in like a year um and you know there's a level to which um, in different situations, I'm always going to have to come out. Um, and not that I have to come out, but 
it's something that's going to come up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think about that. I didn't think about how it's like a kind of a never ending. Basically. That's a lot of work. It is. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, mentally taxing. It's like, you know, saying to somebody like, uh, you know, Hey, I'm diabetic. Like it's information that isn't necessarily crucial for them to have up front. But, you know, at some point, you know, when there's an office party, you might explain why you're not having the cake. Um, and, you know, and I've run into situations where people have asked, especially about the baby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I talk about my child and my wife. And so people went, OK, well, clearly you're in a lesbian relationship. So. Um, so they want to know how we had a child, how we had a child. One, one person asked me, did you carry the baby or did your wife which on the one hand i was like oh thank you very much i'm clearly passing today so i feel very good about that but on the other hand um it was a weird unexpected question that i just kind of looked at them and they were like did you and i was like no and that was the end of it and very, later on i was very casually mentioned about being trans and um then it kind of clicked and i just saw it in their eyes I was like okay that makes sense now um but the one thing I will say, too, is that um, I'm in a much more privileged position to come out the way that I did and exist in a way that, you know, 50 years ago when Stonewall happened, I couldn't. I mean, there's lots of horrific things happening on the news and people that would probably love nothing more than to take us back 50 years. Um, or more. Or more. Yeah, absolutely. But... Um, the one thing that I, I, and why I was so like happy this past week when we went to those pride events is those kids that I was talking about, just seeing all those kids who are just out and have accepting families and are living normal, happy lives, just being themselves. Um, they gave me a lot of hope. Um, so, so what surprised you when you came out, what what reactions surprised you? Um, what reactions surprised me? Like, good reactions, bad reactions, who did you, like, not specifically, but, like, you know, were you more surprised at the negative? Were you more surprised about at the positive? You know? You know, I... A little bit of both. I mean, there were some people who had really negative transphobic reactions and people who I had really close loving relationships with that um that it really hurt um and I haven't talked to them since um and then there's other people who I thought it would have had more um not necessarily like really bad reactions but would have had a more difficult time with it that um I've have been... just been unquestionably accepting yeah really um, loving and been in my corner 100% and um, super supportive at every turn. Um, and there's some people who are kind of in the middle. Some who I thought would have a better reaction. Some who I thought would have a worse reaction. Some who are kind of like neutral and just don't get it. So they don't acknowledge, acknowledge it. <laughs> um, but I think the the biggest surprise has just been how many people um, are supportive and don't care. Um, yeah. and, I've had, and I've had several people since I've come out and I heard the same thing when I went to Philly um, from people that I hadn't seen in a while that 
this makes total sense. You're more yourself than you ever were before. And um, it it's absolutely true. I used to look in the mirror and it used to scare me because sometimes like I would have like disassociative thoughts. Kind of like, I'd look in the mirror and... You wouldn't recognize I wouldn't that rec- person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- it would be like I was... Looking- that, yeah, that wasn't the person that you saw in your head. Yeah. Um, and not even that I had like a clear image of myself as I am now. Um, but... But what you saw wasn't... Yeah, it just wasn't right. It looked like somebody was mimicking me in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I even just this morning was looking in the mirror and said, it, that feeling is gone. That's good. That's good. Um, and I just... It's taken a long time. It has taken a long that. time. Um, and it's taking a long time to, to finally just feel okay as myself. Um, I mean, I've, I've still got, I've still got some work to do on, on myself, but I'm, I'm getting there and kind of my status right now is, is good. Good. Good, good. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, as for, for me and the reactions that, that people had, um, most reactions to, uh, Shannon coming out where, uh, first of all, is this real? Like, cause we would play some kind of strange joke on people. <laughs> I, I don't know. And then second of all, it was, what are you going to do? Nothing. Well, that was, you're supposed to run screaming away. Well, I didn't get the memo. There's no, I, I didn't read the handbook beforehand. It was a handbook. I assume everybody oh. else is working off of some kind of handbook. They all think they know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> but, um, and it's, it's been the most annoying thing to me is to be constantly explaining why I haven't left. Um, because it's, it's a very weird thing because to me it seems so obvious, but other people have different ideas about sexuality and things like that. So... Like, I, I guess I kind of get their confusion, but I'm like, Shannon is my person. And it really doesn't matter, like, how they're presenting or, like, and this is this is a totally, like, it's a poor analogy, but I can't come up with anything. Like, I mean, if Shannon, not, and this is not to say that being trans is a disability, but if something happened and, uh... I was in a horrific car accident. You were in a horrific car accident. You had a stroke, like uh, something, God forbid. But like, you would still be the same person. Right. And I wouldn't run screaming away then. So why would I run screaming away? Because you've decided to be more yourself and to make yourself happy with who you are. It doesn't like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes sense to a lot of people. A lot of people look at me like I'm crazy. But it doesn't make any sense to me because you're my person. And I fell in love with a person, not an idea, not a concept of gender-specific uh, archetypal person. I, I fell in love with a, a feel, fell in love with you specifically. Like, you are my person. And nothing has changed with you as a person. You got boobs. I mean, that's the extent of what has changed, you know, with you as a person. Like, you're the same person. You're still a weirdo. <laughs> you're still a geek. 
You know? You're not supposed to tell anybody that. They know. Oh, that's true. You, you can't hide it. I know. Um, But, like, so, so that's the most annoying thing with me is everybody checking up on me and going as if you have done something horrific to me. And that's what I heard. And half the time I didn't even hear it from the original person. I heard it from somebody who told somebody who said to somebody, um, you know, I can't believe Shannon did this to her. Yeah. It usually wasn't even Shannon did that. I can't believe he did that to her. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, for me, I don't know. Would it have been better if you, like, had gotten to the point where you couldn't take it anymore and you killed yourself? They would still be saying, I can't believe he did that to her. Right. In a different way. Like, I don't. No matter what I did, I was being selfish. Right. Um, Literally, the only thing that you could do to make everybody happy would be to be to totally make yourself miserable, miserable forever and ever. Yeah. Um, Do people still say that to you? Do people still, you know, check up on you like that? Oh, yeah. All the time. Um, It's been a year and a half. You sure? (laughs) You mean you haven't left yet? No, no. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I'm sticking with it. As I said before, I've put in a lot of work. <laughs> um, so, I mean, for me at least, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm hopeful that despite everything going on in the world, that things are getting better. And I, I really hope that at, at some point, um, and maybe it is happening already. I think because there's so much more visibility. Right. There's more trans people in doing big things as actors, uh, models, singers, politicians, politicians. Um, but I, I think that my, my hope is that at some point in the future um, with not just you know trans people, but anybody um, in any queer space, any identity that coming out won't need to be a thing um gotcha and 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 i really i look back at um kind of where we've come over the last 50 years and you know 50 years ago if i i came out your existence was illegal my existence was was literally illegal um and i mean and there's some corners where probably like if i came out you know my family would kick my ass still but for the most part, I just get, you know, bewilderment from some people. But, you know, my life isn't necessarily in danger because um, everywhere. 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 Um, there are still places yes, but, where trans women are being murdered. But it's not... Fortunately, it's not to the degree that it once was. This is true. Um and we still have a lot of work to do, but I just think to myself, like we've gotten so far, even though we have so much more to do in the past 50 years, I just wonder where we're going to be by 2069 in the next 50 years. Dead. I, I don't plan on being dead. I'll be 85 people. I'll be dead. Well, I'm just going to be 84 and fabulous. Fabulous nursing home. Not with privatized health care. That's, that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I'm hopeful. Yes. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I am too. I, you know, I often think about how things would be if my daughter in the future decides that, you know, she is any kind of queer, you know, how, you know, things are going to be. And I think that she will be leaps and bounds in a better spot than we are and in a much better spot than our parents and grandparents would have been. So, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful too. You know, I think in the end, you know, uh, love wins, you know, and everybody gets to be what they want to be in spite of the, uh, small vocal minority of, uh, people who want to dictate everybody else's lifestyle to them. I, I feel like they're slowly but surely getting drowned out. And I think, uh, that's the purpose of pride. Yeah. That That's the purpose of pride yeah. is to drown out the negativity and celebrate everybody. So when people, when people ask, well, what do you need to have pride for? Well, that's why. Um, so that we can make, continue to make the world a better place for not just us who are here now, but the people that are coming up behind us. This is true. Yeah. So did, did, did we get to the end of the podcast? I think we did. I think we did. Yay, another successful podcast. I'm going to have to do a lot of editing. We had a lot of... There's a lot of dead space. There's a lot of dead space. And chewing. And chewing. And the dog making weird kind of noises. Yeah, she does that. So Happy editing. Yeah, thank you. But, um, so thanks again for listening. And, uh, I'm Shannon. And I'm Rachel. And, uh, have a good one. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. again for listening to our life in transition this show is hosted by rachel and shannon mcdill our producer and editor is shannon mcdill theme music is seize the day by jens kilsoft check him out at jens.kilsoft.net support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash olit pod that's forward slash o-l-i-t-p-o-d your support makes this show possible thank you